0: The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams from the service already in progress. So this is not a time to hang your heads down, to feel sorry for yourselves. This is a time to have faith in God. It's a time to speak the word. Just say unto that mountain. And we all have mountains in our lives from time to time. But speak unto that mountain. Just say unto that mountain. Be thou removed. Be cast into the sea. And refuse to doubt in your heart. And the things that you saith, it shall surely come to pass. I'm a living witness. I'm a living witness. They were surely Come to pass. I was sharing on the call the other night. We've been talking about intercessory prayer at the Bible study on Wednesday nights, and I was talking about how sometimes when you enter to intercessory prayer, you, you come under a spirit of travail, and you and you know there's something that you're believing God for, and you, it's like you're pregnant by faith, and you can feel the birth pains and you feel the travail, but until Zion travail. She did not bring forth her children. And I'm telling you, this is not a time to give up, continue to pray, continue to travail. And I know firsthand how laborious prayer gets sometimes when you're carrying a burden and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying and and seeming like you're not seeing a manifestation. But I am a living witness... That weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I've seen God open a door just recently for someone that I've been interceding and interceding and interceding for to the point where I felt like I was getting tired. But even though you get tired, you got to go on. Never get too tired, keep on praying. Keep on praying, and God will surely manifest in time and space what he's promised to every one of us. This is the God I serve. This is the God I serve. Glory to God. Jamie, thank you for that prayer. Joyce, thank you for the exhortation. God is speaking to us today. He is speaking to us. And beloved, this is just the beginning. There's going to be many opportunities for us to stand on what we believe. There's going to be many tests and trials. And there's going to be many people dealing with even sickness and disease. But then you got to decide do you believe God's a healer. You have to decide that for yourself. Do you believe God's a healer? I believe God's a healer. I don't need to try to figure this thing out. I don't need to scratch my head and say how God going to do this? How God's going to do that or the other? I believe, I believe, I believe that God is who he say he is. I'm not talking about religion, beloved. I'm not talking about churchianity. I'm talking about a relationship with the true and living God. Go over to God. Even if I never darken the door of a church again, I know that he's my father and I'm his son. I know he walks with me. He talks with me. He keeps me, guards me. I know that. Glory to God. Glory to God. I wanted to come up here today and just get right into the message. But you have to go the way God is leading. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, what's the order of service? Well, the Holy Ghost has to decide the order of service. And so right now, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles once again this morning to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And I want to continue today with part 2 of a message I started two weeks ago. A message entitled, A Deadly Poison. And today I want to go into part two of A Deadly Poison. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, here Paul says to the Christians at the church in Ephesus, he says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Please notice God's not going to bless you. He's already blessed you. He's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Just as he chose us in him, you are chosen, beloved, every one of you. You are chosen. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame, before him in love, that we should be holy without feelings of guilt and condemnation before him in love. Look at verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Glory to God. We have been redeemed. We have redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have the forgiveness, the forgiveness, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His glory. God will never stop forgiving us according to the riches of His grace. So, we've been talking about a deadly poison. What is a deadly poison? A deadly poison is a dangerous toxin that causes serious illness or death. For example, a deadly poison could be anthrax, sarin gas, ricin, cyanide, arsenic. These are all deadly poisons. But spiritually speaking, guilt is a deadly poison. Why? Why? Because guilt is a painful feeling. It's a painful feeling of self-reproach that comes from the belief that you've done something wrong or that you've done something immoral. And if we keep this thing real, we know that many of us in the body of Christ who call ourselves believers, we are still dealing with guilt. We're still dealing with guilt feelings from something that happened in the past. Perhaps you're dealing with guilt because of something that's happening right here in the present. You're dealing with guilt. There are certain things that are triggered guilt. Things you hear, things you see, or persons that you come across. And then you start feeling guilt because of something that happened in the past. Now, I believe with all my heart, and I said this two weeks ago, that the church, I'm talking about the real church, the church of Jesus Christ, the church is called to be the liberator of guilt, not the perpetrator of guilt. God help us. People come to church, and they leave church feeling guilty. We got it we got it backwards. We're supposed to be freeing people from guilt. Not be, making them feel guilty. Amen? You see, guilt makes you feel deserving of, of blame and punishment. Guilt has a way of lowering your s- sense of self-worth. D- do you hear what I'm saying? And as we read here in Ephesians that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing and heavenly places in Christ Jesus, what guilt does It's still those blessings. It hinders us from receiving those spiritual blessings. And I don't know about you, but I want all my blessings. Amen? I want all my blessings that I'm entitled to in this life, not just in the life to come. So my job this morning is not to convince you that you're guilty. My job is to convince you that you're forgiven. Let me say it again. You are forgiven through redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ according to the riches of his... We have forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. And when God forgives, he releases us from guilt. Amen? So guilt is like a deadly poison. It's like a silent killer. Just slowly but surely... Killing all your spiritual blessings, and eventually it'll kill you spiritually. But thank God for the antidote for guilt. There is an antidote. There is an antidote for guilt, and that antidote is forgiveness. Somebody said, Thank God I'm forgiven. What is the power? The power of forgiveness. Let us not underestimate the power of forgiveness. 1 John chapter 1 verse, verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sin. You see, you got to acknowledge your wrongdoing. Don't just feel bad about it. Acknowledge your wrongdoing. Don't try to blame somebody else. Don't try. To reclassify it and make yourself believe that you really didn't do anything wrong. No, you want to get rid of that, huh? Do you hear what I'm saying? So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know when the gospel I'm I'm not talking about what we call Preaching. A lot, of, a lot of stuff we hear in churches is not really preaching. At least, it, it, well, it's not the gospel. See, the gospel is good news. huh? That's what the word means, good news. See, when you come to church, you should come to a place where you can read some good news to be a better person yourself. Huh? But when the gospel is preached in spirit and in power, when the gospel is fully understood, it delivers us from feelings of guilt. Huh? But there is true guilt, and there's false guilt. I remember when I first got saved. I would always ask God to forgive me, and I hadn't done anything wrong. You see, I came up in a church tradition where being a member of the church was valued, and really talking about salvation was devalued. See, all they wanted me to do is be a good member, be be a good little boy in church. And so I grew up thinking that I was all right with God. I was saved because I went to church. I went to church every Sunday I can remember. But when I heard the truth, when I heard the gospel, glory to God, and I gave my life to Christ, I confessed Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I asked him to forgive me for all my sin. Even though he saved me, I still had that guilty mentality. And so every time I would be down on my knees praying, I would ask God to forgive me over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, until the light came on. That light had to come on. I was carrying a false guilt. So guilt could be true guilt, or it could be false guilt. Whether you've done something wrong or not, that's not the issue. That's not the issue. I hadn't done anything wrong. But if you believe you've done something wrong, then you still have those same feelings of guilt. Those same feelings are unavoidable, making you feel like you're less than, like you're undeserving, all because of what you believe. What do you really believe about yourself? Do you really believe that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Do you really believe that God chose you? Think about that. God chose you before the foundation of the world. Before God ever said, let there be light. Before God ever created the heavens and the earth. You see, he, he created the earth... He created the earth, I should say the heavens, in his wisdom, but he established the earth in his understanding, Proverbs says. But even before God did that, God had you in mind. He had me in mind. And this is the vantage point we need to live from, that God knew me before I knew myself, that God was with me. He was thinking about me before I ever thought about him. And he wanted us. God had a vision for every one of us that we should be holy, without blame, without feelings of guilt, standing before Him in love. So whether you've done something wrong or wrong or or not, that's not the issue. The issue is what do you believe? What you believe is informing your life. It's informing how you feel. It's informing the things you think. It's informing the things you say. And what we have to do is change what we believe. I believe I am God's son. And that God chose me before my father met my mother. He chose me before the foundation of the world. But thank God that God has an antidote for this deadly poison of guilt. That antidote is forgiveness. I am forgiven. Haven't always been saved. And I've done some things in my life I'm not proud of. But those things do not bog me down because I know I've been forgiven. So I'm not going to carry any guilt. And when the enemy tries to bring me guilt, I take authority to that guilt, number one, because I know who I am. And number two, I know what God said in his word. So I take the sword of the spirit and I fight the enemy by speaking what God has said concerning me. But thank God for the antidote. The prophet Isaiah said, Isaiah 43, verse 25, I love this verse. Well, the Lord says, I, even I, Am he who blotteth out your transgression for my own sake, and I will not remember your sin. God promised to forgive us and not remember our sin. And if God doesn't remember our sin, why are we feeling guilty about stuff? How is it that we ask God to forgive us and then we still feel guilty when God says, I don't even remember it? I blotted that thing out. And I blotted it out for my own sake. And what was his sake? That before the foundation of the world, he chose you. He had your mind. That you should be holy without blame before him in love. So I blotted out your sin for my own sake. And I will not remember Your sin. Amen? Here's what we don't get sometimes. Thank God for what Jesus did on Calvary. Oh, my God. He hung there. He died. He shed his blood for us. And that blood, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Thank God for what Jesus did. But, you know, you got to back up. You see, the truth is you weren't forgiven at Calvary. You were forgiven before you got here. Let me say it again. You weren't forgiven when you at Calvary. You were forgiven before you got here. Why? Revelation 13 8 says there was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And that lamb was Jesus Christ Himself. In the mind of God, He had made a provision to blot our transgressions. He had made a provision to cleanse us of our sins. In the mind of God, before the foundation of the world, that lamb was slain. This is how Adam and Eve could fail God. They could disobey his commandment, but yet Adam and Eve, they were saved because of what Christ did before the foundation of the world. Glory to God. Isaiah 65, verse 24 tells us, and it shall come to pass, oh my God, it shall come to pass, and I'm telling you, it's here right now, it shall come to pass, that it, before they call, I will answer them, and while they're yet speaking, I will hear, what are you saying, Lord, I forgave you before you got here. So why are we living in a space void of the truth of God? We must live in a space that's in agreement with God. So I was forgiven before the foundation of the world. And even before I asked God to forgive me, he says, I already heard you. Why are you yet speaking? I heard. That's what God is saying. Huh? God is saying you're already forgiven. And if you're already forgiven, why are you still carrying that heavy load, that burden of guilt? Guilt. Acting like the little kid who's caught with his hand in the cookie jar. But mama said, don't eat those cookies. You know what we did. Mama said, don't do it. And as soon as she turned her back, we tried to do it. And God says, I forgive you of that. So you're not to feel guilty about that. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 1 is a very liberating verse. Paul told the Romans, the Roman Christians there in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, he says, there is therefore now, now. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who believe who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Paul says right now, we live in the nowness of God right now. Now faith is. Now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. And therefore, there is now no condemnation. What is condemnation? Condemnation is really like a legal word. It's to be pronounced guilty. See, that's what happens in a courtroom when there's a trial, a criminal trial. If the jury decides you're guilty, then the judge pronounces guilt upon you by giving you a sentence. Paul says there is, therefore now, no no pronouncement of guilt in your life. None. If you're walking not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. When you walk after the flesh, it entertains, it attracts those, those old guilty guilty feelings you used to have. Maybe the same guilty feelings you have now. When you're walking, the, but no, when you walk in the Spirit, then you're reminded that God chose me Before the foundation of the world, to be holy without blame before Him in love. And He has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, what doth hinder you? There is nothing to hinder you from receiving spiritual blessings from God because you are forgiven. And forgiveness is the antidote for guilt. See, if we're forgiven, then we should have no guilt, no condemnation, none. But do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Because guilt has a way of creeping up at the most inopportune times. When it's time to receive an answer to your prayer, guilt says God's not going to answer yours. When it's time to receive healing from the Lord, guilt says no, you're you're undeserving of that healing when it's time for a material financial blessing, guilt says, no, it won't happen for you because you know what you did. And Paul says there is therefore now no condemnation, no pronouncement of guilt to those who walk not after the flesh. And if you're walking at the flesh, you can expect guilt to be following you everywhere you go. But if you're walking in the spirit, you ought to be guilt-proof. Did you hear what I said? You ought to be guilt proof if you're walking in the spirit. So let me say this in closing. Next week, Lord willing, I'll talk more about true guilt and false guilt. But Colossians chapter two, verse ten—you know—we need to be taught this word. We need to be reminded what the word says about us. In Colossians chapter two, verse ten, Paul told the Colossians there that you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. There is no one greater than Jesus. There may be many gods in the earth, but no God's greater than your God. No God's greater than our God. Our God is the most high God. Paul says you are complete in that God. You are complete in him who is the head and the principality of all powers go to God. So God has had the final say. Did you hear me? God has had the final say. It doesn't matter what I say, what somebody else says. God has had the final say. And the final say says, you are complete in him. To be complete means you're not lacking anything. There is no reason God won't answer your prayer. No reason God won't bless you. No reason God won't move in your life. No reason. You are complete in him. And this came down from the head of all principality and power. You're complete. Because we stand complete in him. We also stand guiltless. Innocent as the righteousness of God. How many really believe you the righteousness of God? That's exactly who you are, huh? So don't let the devil. Don't let other people. Don't even let your loved ones, not even your own children. Your children have a tendency sometimes to try to make their parents feel guilty when they can't get their way. And a lot of parents give in to that because they don't want to feel guilty. But I want to remind you what God said about you, parent. He says, you are complete in me. You are complete. And guilt makes you incomplete. Huh? So you got to see yourself perfect and complete in Jesus Christ without guilt. You've heard the expressions that somebody's trying to put you on a guilt trip. Don't go on the trip. Don't go on the trip. Stand. Stand on the Word of God. Stand as the righteousness of God. Stand complete in Him. It is a deadly poison. That guilt is slowly but surely killing you spiritually. I want to live and not die. So I'm not going to ingest. I'm not going to ingest that deadly poison. Hmm? Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net 1430 South New Hope Road Agape Word Fellowship.